Uh, Brother Tim Bright, we all know him. Well, most of us know him. Uh, His church met here for many years. How many years, Tim? A bunch. (laughs) He's now the president of the Wilson County Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? A mighty man of God and uh, someone that we love deeply, him and his family. And we appreciate so much you being here again. And uh, let's don't stop now. So, Brother Tim Bright. Well, good morning. Certainly a pleasure uh, to be here today, and thank you for that introduction. And I wasn't trying to be coy about how many years we were here as a church, as Grace Fellowship, and I was really, really trying to remember. I don't remember. I really don't. It was about five years, I, I think, five or, or so years uh, but it was a great time, a grand time, and uh, so many memories here with our congregation that we had here, and also great memories uh, with you uh, as individuals and as a, a local church as well. You know, as I read the uh, insert about the uh, food drive collection for the month of October in memory of Miss Ann. And Miss Ann was my buddy. She would uh, come to our Bible studies uh, after we left here and we had a place over on Lebanon Road and she would get dropped off and, and I would bring her home. And we just had some of the greatest conversations uh, in that little 10-minute drive coming here. And... Uh, she would get out of the car a lot of times, and many of you know she was a little hard-headed. She wouldn't always use a cane, so I'd have to get out and walk with her and, and uh, help her to the door. But a uh, lot of fond memories uh, with her on those short rides uh, home. But as we get ready to get started on our message today, I simply come to uh, bring a word uh, from God and sincerely uh, praying to God and his Holy Spirit uh, to assist me with this message. You know, as you get a little older, and I'm not really getting older, maybe maturing a little bit more, uh, but uh, I really want to make things count in life. You know, I heard a, a quote. Uh, we were coming out of town this morning from Kentucky and, and uh, just riding on the interstate earlier this morning. And, and one quote from someone was just a referral about uh, to make a mark in this world that will last after you're gone. And it's my prayer today that something that is preached today, that is reason today, will will lodge in your heart, your soul, and your mind. That it will encourage you 
to reprove you, <laughs> to rebuke us, but also spur us on to that end, that glorious end. And that one day, everyone in this room, hopefully and prayerfully, will hear the Lord say to each of us, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. And now I'll make you ruler over many. So let us go before the Lord in prayer. Dear God, in Jesus name, I ask this prayer this morning with a, a sense of thanksgiving. Lord, we pray to you that everything has been acceptable in your sight this morning in this service. That the words of our our mouth and the meditations of our hearts are acceptable in your sight. Lord, we worship you in spirit and in truth. And now, Lord, I ask that you help me with this word. Holy Spirit, help me not to speak from my flesh, but to be guided by you to give a word that's designed for this congregation. That's designed for all of us to draw us nearer and closer to you. To give us a better insight on this term that's called a disciple. And what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. How do we qualify to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do we seek the approval of man or the approval of you? So Lord, we thank you. Give us, give you honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, I'm on get off his front porch and go to running, get in God's word. So we'll be coming from the book of Luke. In the book of Luke will come our, our main base scripture. In the book of Luke in the ninth chapter, we'll be reading through verses. Starting out here from 51, touching on through 62. But if we'll stand for the reading of God's word, giving reverence unto his holy word. And just from... Starting at the end from verse 62, and we'll work our way back. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Thank you. You may be seated. And there were so many entitlements that, uh, titles for this sermon, but 
one that the Lord settled in my spirit just this morning was Jesus will show you how to plow. Jesus will show you how to plow. And we're taking a look this morning about discipleship and the cost of discipleship. And you know, I'm share with you that uh, I've come to the conclusion that it's an ongoing process in our lives. That even though we make the decision to, to follow Jesus Christ, and to become a disciple of him, it's, it's a process. A lot of time down through the years, it seems people, People have made it seem, and I even made it seem to myself that it was instantaneous. But as I get a little older, I'm realizing it's a process. I'll share with you, and I'm telling you, man, this journey called life is something else. And I'm sure many of you can attest to it. And I share some personal things about me because I'm hoping it can help you with some personal things that maybe you're going through. Because you've made the decision to put your hand to the gospel plow. And sometimes in your life you feel like you're just hanging on. I want to share with you that over the last several months, I've, I've just been hanging on to that plow. That old plow has drugged me down through the dirt, down through the rocks, just dragging me. But I said, I got to hold on. I can't let go. And I want to share with somebody here today, you've been feeling like letting go. Of that gospel plow. But I encourage you today by the word of God. Hang on. Don't give in. Don't give up. And don't give out. You want to hang on with both hands. But sometimes you're just hanging on by one. But hang on. Help is on the way. And that help is coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. You know, sometimes we go through the storms of life only to find out that there's a blessing in the storm. And I'll tell you these last several months, and I've, I've had some problems with my eyes over the years, some things and my left eye, I might have shared here before, you know, I had some issues and lost some sight. And, and just recently, they determined, well, Tim, that you have glaucoma. And man, when somebody gives you a diagnosis like that, somebody here, you may have glaucoma. But that left eye, I can't drive at night if I'm just driving with one eye open. And that right eye, that's my good eye. But they told me, you have glaucoma. 
in that good eye, but it's treatable. But I'm telling you for a while, I was just hanging on because I was worrying about losing my sight. Just worrying. And Jesus taught us in these scriptures that we're going to go over. That to be a disciple, you got to let some things go. Not only the love of riches and comforts and different things, but we got to let go of anxiety, worry, hatred, jealousy, anything that can keep us from committing ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord for his use and to carry out his will and his way. Because that's what a disciple is. We, The disciple gives himself wholeheartedly to the Lord. We become a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Because he sacrificed himself for us. And we see in our message today that he'll show us how to plow. Because we were called to be disciples. And we were commissioned to go out and make disciples and to all the nations. But in order to make a disciple, we have to be a disciple. To become a disciple. Now at the age of 61, I, I realized that I'm not fit for the kingdom of God on my own. But by the blood of Jesus. Being redeemed by his blood. Being bought with a price. I'm fit. For the kingdom of God. Not in man's sight, but in the Lord's sight. Because he's the author and finisher of my faith. And he's going to keep showing me how to plow. See, as a young boy growing up over here on Lowell Road in Mount Juliet, uh, I grew up on a farm and my dad and my grandfather were farmers. And I can remember granddaddy would take us out in the field and we were little boys. And he would be plowing with the old mule named Rody. And he would get us behind that old wooden plow. And I remember him getting behind me and teaching me how to plow. Yay, whoa, whoa, yay. <laughs> Talking to that old mule. But then after a while, he let go. And we as little boys would be plowing. In that field. Yeah, some of those roads were kind of crooked. <laughs> but after a while, we learned to make them straight. We learned how to keep our focus on what was in front and not behind. And that's what Jesus will teach us how to do. Is to plow straight and keep our focus on him. 
We back up to verse 51. And it says, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up. That he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was going to die. He set his face to go to Jerusalem to die for you and for me. And sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? To consume them, to destroy them. Now the Jews and the Samaritans, they were enemies. They had theological and racial differences. But what did Jesus say? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the son of man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. He didn't come to destroy you. He didn't come to destroy me. The same Jesus made the the proclamation to us to be ye holy for I am holy. Be perfect for I am perfect. None of us are perfect, but we reach toward perfection. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they went to another village. And now we're going to see some instances in these next verses. That will make us scratch our head. Because we've just seen that he's a God of mercy. He's a God of compassion. Now he's going to show us the, the cost of discipleship but I want us for just a moment to go back to chapter 9 and in order to become a disciple to start out on that road because we, we, we it's important for us to learn that salvation is the door to discipleship Once we are saved, he wants us to continue to launch out into the deep now and to become disciples and to make disciples. But I remember when I first became a preacher years ago, when the Lord called me and brought me down to my knees. One Friday night, I was getting ready to go to the club to happy hour and he brought me to my knees and He brought this scripture, these scriptures to me that I've always 
remembered. In chapter 9, verse 23, he said, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. It starts with a desire. On that Friday evening, he broke me down and I had a desire to come after him. In your life, if you've been born again, you had a desire to come after him. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. That was nearly 30 years ago. There's been some days that I haven't taken up my cross when I've awakened and gone throughout the day, go throughout the whole day without picking up my cross. How about you? You don't have to answer. But I've been guilty. He said, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. He wants us to, to let go of some things. So as we go back to the ninth chapter toward the end, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And there were three men who came before him. We're going to see. But this first man, he said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And a lot of people do that. Maybe we've done that. I'll follow you, Lord, wherever you go. And then the Lord retorted with, I'm going to give you something to think about. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He's letting him know, and he let me know a long time ago when I first became a preacher, those nearly 30 years ago. And he let you know. Sometimes this road's not going to be easy. But I didn't really fully appreciate what he was saying. He was saying that to this man, I'm homeless sometime. Are you ready to be homeless for my sake? Are you ready to go without? Are you ready to feel like sometimes you don't have a Friend in the world. Non-believers come against you, but even believers, you know, there have been some things that have happened down through the years to where I've seen that church folk have done and some of the things toward me and I'm like, really? Within the body of Christ? And this is what Jesus is talking. He's talking about some tough times. 
Then he said to another, another man, follow me. You heard what I just told him now, follow me. Are you still going to follow me? But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. We're talking about being a disciple now, going deeper in the Lord, launching out into the deep, getting away from the shoreline, totally depending on God. Becoming a disciple means getting away from some of the things that have entangled us in this world. Entanglement of things, entanglement of people in our lives that keeps us from truly being the disciple of Christ that he wants us to be. I'm preaching to myself right now. Remember, for the past several months, I've just been hanging on to the plow. I've been drugged. Past several weeks, I was just getting drugged in the dirt. But there came a day Well, the Lord picked me up and he let me know that I'm fit for the kingdom in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of my worrying and the anxiousness. And he dusted me off and he put that joy, unspeakable joy in my heart. It didn't ever really go anywhere. He just gave me reason to celebrate. And he gave me that peace that passes all the understanding of man. Somebody here today, you need some peace about something in your life. Whether it's you personally, whether it's somebody in your family or friends, you need some peace. Peace about something. I'm telling you, the older you get, trials and tribulations, man, they just, they start coming from different directions. And you got to be ready for the warfare. You got to be ready and willing to put on the whole armor of God piece by piece and bit by bit putting on first that helmet of salvation putting on that breastplate of righteousness girding your loins with truth so a lot of times we don't want to face the truth we don't want to face the truth that we're not fit for the kingdom of God by ourselves may have been in church for years but we've been depending on ourselves sometimes 
God wants us to totally depend on him all the time. Don't depend on bank accounts, homes, friends, but to depend on him. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. He was saying when the time is right for me. In the Jewish custom, the the oldest, it's his responsibility to bury his father. And at that time, he received his inheritance. So even though the father hadn't even died, he said, I, I got to wait. I got to have some security. It's all about security for us. That's what the world system has ingrained in our mind. Security, not the security of God, but the security of man. God wants us to detach from those thoughts, to cut those thoughts loose, and to totally depend on him. And Jesus said to him, let the dead Bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Don't let nothing get between you and God. Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing in heaven, nothing on this earth, angels, principalities, and powers, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And see, over time, telling you, man, I've come to this realization. that Jesus will show me how to plow, just like granddaddy did. I've made some mistakes along the way. But now he's ready for me to just make those really straight roads. He's ready for all of us now to plow straight and to focus on him. Because remember now, life is like a vapor. We're here for a little while. And then we vanish away. And then what's next? Eternal life for those who confess on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's appointed to all men to die once and then comes the judgment. But to some that will come the second death. I don't want any parts of the second death. Because through Jesus, I can say, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? I used to kind of hyperventilate when I would think about dying. But now, I haven't perfected it, but I, I got a peace about it. I kind of know everything's going to be all right. I know y'all going to miss me. 
but I'm going to be all right. Some folk are going to miss you. I'll miss you. But you'll be all right. Because we'll be resting in the arms of the Lord. In being paradise. These things that are taught to us, the precepts in the Bible, the word of God, as you get older, man, it just rings true in your soul and in your spirit. There's some scriptures that he put on my heart long time ago, 30 years ago, that man, they just resonate with me now. And Jesus said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. I'm living my best life. How about you? Even though there's been some pain and circumstance, he's showing me how to plow. That life goes on. That right now I can see everybody in here. If this old right eye is good. And through prayer and faith, it'll stay good. Cause the blind man, when Jesus was coming one day, Coming by, he said, Lord, have mercy on me. I fell down on my knees a while back and said, Lord, have mercy on me. And I cried and I cried. And that's when I got my peace. Because he told that blind man, what is it you want me to do? And the blind man said, restore my sight. All I said in my prayers, Lord, let me keep my sight. See, we got to tell the Lord what we stand in need of. Asking you shall receive, but believe when we pray. Becoming a disciple, being a disciple involves faith. Because in verse 61 goes on to say, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. He had to go and tell his family. I can remember preaching a message years ago when my mom was alive. And I preached and used the scripture from Luke, the 14th chapter. And the 25th verse where it says, if anyone, Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother. And while I was preaching, I caught a glimpse of my mom out of the corner of my eye. She was playing the piano at that time. And that was here. She was here. And she had this little look on her face and my mama could put her eye on you. (laughs) And she had that little look on her face and I'm just preaching up a storm. 
I said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. She never said anything about it, but she would ride to church with me every Sunday. And it was kind of quiet going home. I didn't bring it up. And she didn't either. But as time went on, I, I preached that scripture again. And I looked at her. And she was receiving it. Because the spirit, the Lord had worked with her on that. And she understand, understood like we should understand. It's not to hate your family. To dislike your family. But to give the Lord preeminence over everything and everybody. Sometimes a family member may feel like you, you hate them because you're doing something for the Lord and giving him his rightful place. The rightful order in the hierarchy of life. That God comes first. And then the last part of that, and his own life. Man, that's a part of that denying ourselves. We have to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. That's part of being a disciple. Remember, Jesus is teaching us how to plow and be fit for the kingdom of God through him. And as we get ready to close out our message. And on that note about saying goodbye to his household, his family. There are some situations in our lives. In which we do need to separate from folk. In order to become the disciple that Christ wants us to be. And we keep putting it off. And putting it off. And putting it off. Just like he was saying. Let me go first and bid them farewell. Who are at my house. But Jesus said to him. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, if you look at that and, and for many years I would see that and it's like, man, it was kind of a downer. Because I knew honestly within me on my own that I wasn't fit for the kingdom of God. And if we're honest with ourselves, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And on our own, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. If you are a human being on your own without the redeeming blood of Christ, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. We think about his 
disciples that were around him. Thomas doubted him, doubted that he was resurrected. Peter denied Christ thrice. They fell asleep on him when he was praying and scattered when things got tight. But they were his disciples. And it takes us back to verse 56 in the ninth chapter. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. And I'm so glad that I can speak on your behalf, I believe, that you're glad that he saved you. For by his grace are you saved. And it's not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your, your gift of grace. We thank you for your mercy, your loving kindness. And now, Lord, just calls us to hold on to that gospel plow. And sometimes when we, when we may feel like we're being drugged through the dirt, calls us to hold on to that plow of your loving kindness, the plow of faith, the plow of forgiveness of steadfastness just cause us to hold on a little while longer knowing that help is on the way and that help is you continue to teach us and mold us and make us to become the disciples that you want us to be in Jesus name I pray amen